Are you looking to improve employee engagement and retention? Do you struggle with decisions on who to hire or who to promote? I have an amazing opportunity for a forward-thinking, purpose-led, people-first organisation to work with me on the first pilot Happier at Work programme for corporates. The programme is entirely science-backed and you will have tangible outcomes in relation to employee engagement, retention, performance and productivity. The programme is aimed at people leaders with responsibility for hiring and promotion decisions. If this sounds like you, please get in touch at Aoife at happieratwork.ie. That's A-O-I-F-E at happieratwork.ie. You're listening to the Happier at Work podcast. I'm your host, Aoife O'Brien. This is the podcast for leaders who put people first. The podcast covers four broad themes, engagement and belonging, performance and productivity, leadership equity, and the future of work. Everything to do with the Happier at Work podcast relates to employee retention. You can find out more at happieratwork.ie. You know, it is very easy to say, yeah, we're we're offering flexible working, but actually, what are you changing within how you run your business, how you engage with your staff, how you manage your staff, how you promote your staff? All of those things have to be factored in. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Happier at Work podcast. I am joined today by my lovely guest, Neve O'Brien. Neve and I talk about a wide range of topics. We're talking about the war for talent. We talk about the great resignation. We talk about some of the key steps that people can take to make the future of work a reality now, which it kind of is already. But what are the key parts of that? And what do organisations need to tap into in order to be on the front foot? Now, Neve has over 20 years experience working across recruitment, talent acquisition, people solutions, and most recently in the broader world of talent management. Having started her career in agency recruitment, then moving into RPO, managed services, and now working as a director in BDO Ireland, Neve leads up BDO Talent Management, which was launched just after Neve started in BDO in May 2019. Within BDO Talent Management, Neve and her team offer a range of people-related services, including executive search, interim resources, employer of record and consulting solutions, including the future of work. With people at the heart of everything Neve does, she is passionate about employee experience, diversity and inclusion, accessing alternative talent pools and the future of work. Neve is also about to complete a diploma in life and business coaching and has recently launched Returners in Ireland, which is the LinkedIn group targeted at those who may have taken time out of their career for family or other reasons who are now looking at rejoining the workplace. I know you're going to really, really enjoy the conversation today with Neve. As always, at the end, I'll do a summary of some of the key points that we discussed and some of the key takeaways from today's episode. I would love if you could join in the conversation. I'm usually found on Instagram, happieratwork.ie, and also on LinkedIn, Aoife O'Brien, that's A-O-I-F-E-O apostrophe B-R-I-E-N. And I would love you to join the conversation there. Welcome, Neve, to the Happier at Work podcast. I'm delighted to have you as my guest today. Do you want to give listeners a little flavour about you, your background, your career history, and what you're doing, what you're up to these days? Sure, thanks. Um, and and. To start, I guess I just wanted to thank you for having me. Uh, I've, I've listened to a number of your your podcasts. I think we we uh, 
stand in similar circles. A couple of the names were familiar to me, so it's yeah. a privilege to, to join you. I'm delighted to be here. Um, so yeah, my name is Neve O'Brien. Um, I head up BDO Talent Management within BDO Ireland. Um, I'm coming up to my third year anniversary actually with BDO so uh, in May which is is in one way crazy you know it, it feels really short and in another I feel like I've been been there for years and um, generally I've always worked I guess in the in the people talent space um, I'm, I'm 20 plus years working started as a recruitment consultant in executive connections actually a, a, an Irish agency and um, kind of have I've moved through and, and into various different areas since then so um, in the main I've, I've covered yeah, all, all types of, of recruitment and talent services, mostly client facing, actually. Um, and, and actually with the role in BDO, and sometimes people feel like it's an internal role, but it's, it's not actually. It's, it's an external client facing role. So we provide a wide range of, of talent services um, to, to BDO clients. And um, that can be anything from you know, offering a, a team of accountants um, that can be helping with uh, executive search type services. We do some future of work consultancy services and um, we have an employer of record service line. So it's it's a really broad range um, of services that we offer. Um, and, and all of those, I guess, have, have come about in the last three years. Um, so when I started with, with BDO, um, it was a blank canvas, which was super. Um, I, I came, as I said, uh, I'd 15 years in my previous company and I think at the age of 45 I thought is this where I want to to, to yeah. be put out to pasture or not yeah. um, and and it was a very um it was a very definite not and uh, so it was a bit of a it was a, a big change actually to, to leave my previous role where, where I'd spent a long time and um and yeah had kind of grown with the business um, and 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 the business had grown grown with me I guess as well so yeah delighted that I've made the change um, it, it has been um, a new area, but but still, you know, similar to what I did before, but with a very a very different, I guess, um, perspective. Um, and yeah, so delighted that I've made the change. Um, it's been nothing but positive. I feel like I've started all over again. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. You know, in 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 the in the midlife crisis, but one that's gone well. So you yeah. know. <laughs> That's always good. Yeah, a happy story that uh, that yeah could have could have stayed um, and and continued where I was, but you yeah, know it's been really a, a great um, experience to to build BDO talent talent management within uh, within the BDO framework. Brilliant. You mentioned about um, just like the last three years that that things have changed quite dramatically and you sort of built stuff from the, the ground up, so to speak. Um, do you want to talk about the kind of things that have changed in the last three years or maybe in particular in the last two years, you know, obviously coming up on, on kind of two year anniversary from uh, from two weeks to flatten the curve to nearly two, two years in uh, living with COVID. So what kind of changes have you noticed in, in workplace or the kind of work that you do or that you're requested to do? Sure. So, yeah, I mean, we were we were only less than nine months in in, in operation when um, when COVID hit. So it was, you know, for a new business that was was being launched. And um, I mean, within the, you know, within the, the big beast of, of BDO. So we weren't, you know, starting from ground zero, but um, it was still a new service line. So um, we've actually, it, I, I wonder now whether my experience is all because of COVID or if it would have continued this way without. I'm, I'm yeah. not, it's an interesting question. And um, in terms of what we're seeing, um, lots of conversations around flexibility and um, you know that that's certainly front and center um, both with our clients and, and and internally within within BDO um, and I think because our service line 
um, was very responsive to that. So all each of our offerings, um, so for example, we would we would second out teams of, of kind of experienced accountants or IT professionals. Um, and, and we were always able to do that flexibly. So the working from home piece just didn't impact. You know, we we literally you know, move from my 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 desk in in Bow Lane House to to the the one in my in my sitting room. You know, so there was apart from that, there was no other change. It was the exact same service. And um, I mean, some some of the things that have have come out that have been quite positive and um, have have just been that 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 additional flexibility. I mean, personally for myself, and um, actually I prior to COVID worked a four day week. I've got two young boys. I was looking for additional flexibility, and um, but because of COVID and the working from home. Actually, I was able to move to a five day week without um, and, and my, my company were really supportive of it. It was it was something I wanted. Um, but but the flexibility has meant that I, I haven't had to compromise in terms of, you know, the, the family commitments and, and spending time with, uh, with with the boys. So mm. that's been a real positive. And I've seen that with other with clients as well. So we've we've brought a number of of um employees to clients who wouldn't have been able to to work in roles without that that flexibility that COVID has brought to us. So uh, I've seen quite a lot. I, I mean, look, there's huge, you know, huge downsides to COVID. Of course there are, but actually I think companies have, have worked, you know, to, to, to try and, um, change and flex and move forward. Um, mm. And we, we're starting to see those benefits. So I have um, employers of, of BDO talent management working out with clients, as I said, that that likely wouldn't have been able to if it was a five day, nine to five sitting in an office and um, that that wouldn't wouldn't have been work, wouldn't have worked for them. Yeah. And, and the and the clients, you know, maybe mightn't have been open to that. Um, and particularly in the moment when we're seeing a real war for talent. We're here. We hear it all the time. Um, it, it's out there. I think I, that it, this this has been a catalyst to actually open up um, additional kind of um, alternative uh, talent pools, more flexible talent pools, and, and companies have really had to embrace it, but now conti- are continuing to embrace it. Um, yeah. So that flexibility piece is is, is probably front and centre in terms of what I've seen in the last two years. Yeah, yeah, that's brilliant. And I was going to ask about the, the client side of things. So is it is it that COVID has kind of opened people's um, minds to this idea of flexible working, that it doesn't have to be a nine to five, that you can work remotely, that you can work on slightly different hours than a nine to five? And and like how how did your clients, I suppose, feel about that? Yeah, I mean, we were all thrown into this, weren't we? You know, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no choice but to yeah, figure yeah. out how to work from home immediately. Yeah, I think it was this week, two years ago. That was that yeah, it was. Yeah, 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 we were all we were all sent home, um, and so it, it it became the norm very quickly. You know, there was no alternative, um, and so we obviously we we were working with clients at that point and finding them, uh, you know, as I said. Um, additional kind of um, project staff, et cetera. Um, but a lot of them would have been, you know, if they were hired by us and then they would spend the time on site with, with the client. And um, so that, that was kind of the standard. And with, as I said, this this day or tomorrow, two years ago, that completely shifted. So all of our um, our, our project and, and flexible and interim resources were all working from home. And actually with our clients, I don't think anybody has gone back. So within BDO, we've started going back to the office. That's all. But actually the clients are seeing this really works for us. So we have this, yeah. you know, the flex, the flexible resources. Mm. But, but really, you know, that that was our always our sell. We will give you flexible resources, as in in terms of 
have, bring in staff when you need them and, you know, and, and, and for what you need. But actually the extra flexibility piece is now we probably don't need even need a desk for that person. They can provide yeah. that service um, from, from, from home. So um, we, we've always had our, our approach has always been bringing flexibility to clients. You know, that's what we bring. Um, but actually it's the add on flexibility of yeah. Um, really not even needing, as I said, to to to, to have a desk space for. Yeah, for. this is a different kind of flexibility now that we've kind of been introduced to um, during the pandemic. Now, Neve, you mentioned about the war for talent. I'd love to know a little bit more about that because I'm sure everyone listening has heard of the Great Resignation. And um, I suppose I haven't seen anything I've seen anecdotal evidence, let's say, in relation to what's going on in Ireland and are there a lot of people leaving and are people staying? Is it a real challenge? So I'd love to understand more about what's happening out there, first of all, and then what companies really should be doing in order to best retain their talent, because I'm sure there are some some companies that are really concerned, some companies that might get left behind if they're not if they're not kind of on the front foot with this. Yeah, sure. Um, I, I think it's a it's a double edged sword, really. So there's been a pent up of um, of demand, you know, where companies maybe held back on hiring because of COVID and uncertainty and lots of difficulties in onboarding people remotely. Although I've seen some some of our clients and even internally in BDO where it's been done seamlessly and, and works really well. But I think there was probably a little bit of hesitancy um, and less hiring activity um, during some of those difficult COVID times when we were in complete lockdown, you know, and, and that 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 business uncertainty that was there. So there's 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 a pent up demand that we're now coming out of. Um, and, and so that's that's fueling that um that war for talent. And then you've got the 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 resignation piece. So the great resignation. It's something I'm probably I'm seeing less of, but I think it's the anticipation. <laughs> you know, I think a lot of companies are 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 expecting it uh, to come. And okay. So there's there's definitely been you know resignations but it's not something I've seen hugely internally in, in BDO or or with clients where there's a mass exodus that's not what I'm seeing and um, but I think there is that you know uh, common sense piece of this is likely this is likely to to come um, and and even um, in terms of travel like if you think about it it's it's one of the you know the basic ones so that that um uh journey you mean the commute no, sorry, overseas travel. So, okay. you know, sorry, we, we deal in the main with, with accountants and it's it's like a, a journey that they all do. So they qualify, they come out of contract and they go to Australia for two years. Yeah. We did three years of, of pent up people not being able to do that. So oh, even that okay. alone. There'll is, be a mass exodus out of Ireland of newly qualified of, of, accountants. Of qualified account- and, and all, okay. you know, and, and all different, I'm not just talking about accountants, but all, mm. all different um, professions. Yeah, um, that's, a, that's a great point, actually, because I, I, yeah, I'm kind of beyond that now. You know, I, I was in Australia about 10 years ago, so um, that's out of my system. Yeah. <laughs> so to speak. I'm sure there are, yeah, yeah. like you say, yeah. three years of a backlog of people who weren't didn't have that opportunity to actually go and do that. Yeah, yeah. So and, and likewise, people who didn't look for work within within the last two years, because do you know what, if you, if you had a role and you were able to work from home and it was giving you what you needed, you were less likely to yeah. look for something else. So mm. all that pent up, you know, yeah. backlog of, of, um, of, of um, I guess, demand and, and, and also just, just life changes that we would have seen, you know, that, that, as I said, it's a rite of passage that the 20 plus 
go and do Australia or Canada or, you know, New Zealand, any of those. And, um, you know, the Irish are great for, for traveling. And, and, and we're just seeing that. And again, I think, well, it's still there's still more to come. I think we're going to see more people and um, now that they're able to travel, starting to, to resign. So I think that's what is seen as the by the great resignation. I'm not seeing that we're in it now. I think it's Okay, yeah, that's really interesting. And again, you know, we, we kind of touched on a couple of things before we started recording, but um one of the areas that I'd love to do more research on is the great resignation and the impact specifically on women in, in the workplace. So maybe that's something I can kind of tie in together. Um, now, the, I suppose that the second element of that question is this idea of like, what can companies do? So when you're talking about the future of work, like to me, the future of work is here. It's already like it's it's been accelerated. And when we're talking about what people should be doing in the future, it's like it's really what they should be doing now. Do you want to talk like if you have a framework or if you have any key points that you want to raise around the future of work and what that looks like? Um, I'd love to, to kind of explore that. Sure. So, yeah, I mean, this is something that I think you're right. Every company has to look at and, you know, and and it it is less about where are we going? It's where, you know, where are we now? The changes have happened. So actually dealing with them, how we're responding and, not not to kind of harp on, but that that flexibility piece to be honest. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I think companies, if they are looking at attracting, retaining and being um, an an employer of, of choice, I think they they have to have a flexible framework. I mean, it has to work for the business. You know that that, that that's still front and center. But it is it is then capitalizing on some of the learnings that we've been through in the last two years. What has worked? What has not worked? Um, and and rolling that out into into their business plans. Um, but I think there is absolutely a new expectation from um, from employees to have an element of flexibility. So. You know, as I said, part of our our service lines is is in the kind of the recruitment space. So I interview people all day, every day. You know, it's it's part of what I do. And 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 three years ago, it was rare that you would get a question saying, "Is part time an option?" Or you know, what what's the flexible um, working policy? It was it, generally if people were broaching that, it was in the future. Do you think it might be a possibility? I'm I'm happy to come in and prove yeah. myself and work the five days. But after that, you know, it might there be an option um, for flexibility. So it was always as a as a future um, ambition. And now. I would say 95% of people that I interview, it's, you know, what's the location, what's the salary, what's the flexible working policy? So, you know, it's 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 now just a given. Um, mm. And so if companies aren't responding to that, but also building um, a flexible policy that works for them, you know, it, it, it's a difficult, it's a really difficult balance. And, um, you know, I we, we've started moving back into, into BDO, into the office, and it, it's very easy to say, working from home works, you know, our productivity mm. is still the same and and, and it, that, they're really strong points, but it's only when you go back in that you realise what you've missed. Yeah, yeah. Little conversations, you know, or overhearing somebody talking about something and thinking, oh, tell me about that. And all of a sudden- I can help with that or, yeah, I'd love to know more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and we've missed that, you know, yeah. and, um, and as I said, it is very easy to talk about the positives of working from home. And look, I am a massive advocate of, of flexible working and working from home, but I still do believe that everybody should have that time um, in, in the office um, because that's where the, ma- you know, it's where the magic happens. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, it's it's important for companies to get that balance of um, facilitating flexibility where possible, but also making sure that they maintain, like, 
maintain their culture you know that they build all that in that they create an environment that fosters that yeah and 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 so it, i suppose you know there are some challenges in relation to flexibility and there are some benefits what are some of the I suppose from my perspective, the things I think about when I think of flexibility is kind of a shift and and this being the future of work as well, a shift towards more outcome based working rather than time based. So we're so used to and we we kind of touched on this before we started recording. We're so used to this idea of I work nine to five. and, And the example I always think of is a friend of mine who said she worked two hours extra on Wednesday, therefore she can knock off two hours earlier on Friday, which to me is kind of it defeats the purpose like it, it really you need to bring it back to what are you here to do and have you achieved that in the day or in the week or in the time that you have to actually do that so is that kind of one of the challenges that you see organizations facing is shifting that mindset from it's um you know to flexible work that it's not about the amount of time that you spend in the office you're getting paid for the results that you deliver here are the expectations and set them out really clearly you know, be held accountable to those expectations and, you know, check whether you're on track and, you know, be rewarded for that. So it's not, it's moving away from this mentality of spending, like we were saying, nine to five or 40 hours a week to these are the outcomes that are delivered, that are the deliverables that are expected in your role. How are you doing on those? And, and, you know, breaking those goals kind of down into even daily or weekly so that you, you can, share how you're getting on with that so is that one of the challenges that you're seeing out there yeah no it's a, it's a huge challenge and and you know depending upon where companies are coming from i mean it, it, it's it's fundamental and it covers so many areas so even down to job specs you know if you look at a job spec you know they tend to be ta- a list of tasks but yes actually, exactly you know, yeah yeah um, it you know so so for a company don't, don't get me started neve <laughs> We can start, we can do a whole different podcast on that. Yeah, exactly. but, but it, it, you know, it's a shift in every area. So it's a shift yeah. in, you know, even the starting point, what's the job spec? It's it's a shift in performance management and um, that presenteeism that, you know, a lot of companies have. If, if somebody's in front of you, you know, you engage with them and it's it's making sure that that, that presentee bias isn't isn't coming in. You know, we're yeah, exactly, yeah. the breaking yeah. bias this week, uh, yeah. given the, the the week that that we're in um, while we're recording this, sorry. Um, but yeah, so there's, you know, there's a lot to take into account. So, you know, it is very easy to say, yeah, we're, we're offering flexible working, but actually, what are you changing within how you run your business, how you engage with your staff, how you manage your staff, how you promote your staff? Um, you know, all of those things have to be um, have to be factored in. And you're right, it, there's, there's a real shift there um, in, in terms of, of moving towards an outcome based. And, and a lot of companies were there already, but others, you know, absolutely weren't. Um, but they've got bigger changes, fundamental changes that they will need to make within their business to, to ensure that flexible working works for them mm. because yeah, if, yeah. if it's a, a clock in clock out you know that if somebody's clocking in clocking out um, at home th- that you're not going to get the same the same value or the same outputs as as if you you make some some progressive changes to, to make sure that everybody's head is is working towards that absolutely and i think it's kind of it's kind of 
for want of a better word, it's kind of easier to skive if you're just saying, oh, well, you know, I'm working nine to five and I'm on the computer, therefore I'm working rather than having to be answerable to. And these are the objectives or these are the deliverables or these these are the, the um, KPIs or the OKRs or whatever you're talking about and that you're reporting back on them on whether it's, you know, I would doubt that you're work, work, reporting back on a weekly, on a, sorry, on a daily basis, but you could be reporting back on a weekly or a monthly basis and therefore it's up to you as an individual to break that down and say, OK, so if I need to report back on this uh, next month, then I need to make sure that X, Y, Z happens today and X, you know, plus ABC happens this week or, or whatever it might be. I know I'm talking in, in kind of very abstract terms, but, you know, the same kind of principles apply. It just depends on, on what kind of business you're talking about. Absolutely. And, and, and actually where the real pain point comes in is for managers. Yes, of course. Really, yeah. It's much easier to manage somebody based on are they sitting in front of me? Can I see them, you know, tapping away? OK, great. Um, but actually, there's a whole different management style. So I, I think there's a real, um, you know, the, an investment that's going to be needed in terms of supporting managers to, to allow them to manage um, you know, remote teams, but also that output-based output approach, it's, it's very different. So um, there's, a, you know, there's a, lot of, a lot of challenges that, that companies need to take in, into account. But, you know, I think it's a journey that we need to take. You know, I, yeah. I think it's something that um, it's inevitable at, at, yeah. the, at this point. So it is about um, embracing it, but making it work for, for, for your business. Yeah, that's it. Exactly, Neve. And you're saying like there's some companies that are already doing this and and there were some companies who were doing it pre uh, pre COVID, pre pandemic. And I think for me, it's about, you know, they were kind of paving the way and maybe some companies thought, well, flexible won't work for me or working remotely and working from home is not going to work for me. And we've shown now that in the majority of cases, flexible remote working does actually work. It's OK to work from home and the productivity didn't necessarily dip. Um, and I love what you have to say as well about this new management style. And from, you know, conversations that I've had, the managers that really excelled during that time were those managers who were supported in outcome based discussions and, and having those kind of conversations with their team, as opposed to managers who get afraid if they can't see someone and if they they're if someone's not in front of them, they how can they tell whether they're working or not? And I'm sure you would have seen it's probably, you know, a year and a half, well over a year and a half ago at this stage where, you know, I saw stuff in the BBC saying that people were installing like um, monitoring software and all sorts of stuff on their staff to make sure that they were actually on their computers at home. And and I've heard the, the alternative to that being that people are installing them to make sure people don't overwork when they're working at home, because that tends to be the more likely case that if we find it more difficult to actually switch off the usher, the laptop is just there. It's not a computer in the office anymore. It's a, it's a laptop and it's at home and it's, it's could be that it's right in front of you, that it's still turned on and you hear the ding of the emails and, you know, that we're actually overworking rather than, than underworking. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's a massive topic. It's, it's one we've worked through with, with the number of clients, as I said, we've done some future work consultancy and, um, and, and, you know, within the one business you can have those negatives where, where people are, 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 you know, maybe trying to, to take advantage of, of the working from home. And then you've others who absolutely are, are completely burning themselves out and, and working, yeah. working all the hours. So even, you know, it, within any company, that, that's what's really important is 
you know, where where are you at now currently? You know, where do you want to get to? What you know, what do your employees want? You know, this yeah. is it's all about engagement. Yeah. Um, I know you've you've done previous topics on employee engagement, but it's it's hugely important. Um the personalized approach. There's no one size that fits all, you know, so yeah, that's yeah. really important. Um, it's a really complex, you know, it's, it's it can be, I can imagine, and, and I know I've sat with clients and, it, you know, you get that glazed, oh my God, how can we face all of this? But it's it like just having, I guess, um, knowing where you're, you knowing what you ultimately want to succeed, you know, yeah. you want to succeed and then and putting in the small steps that can, that can get you there and, and the framework that's going to give you the best opportunity to yeah. have that success. This is it. And I spoke at a conference recently and, you know, that is what we talked about is that it is this personalized approach that it, it, there is no one size fits all. But when it comes to um, when it comes to this idea of remote working, that it doesn't suit everyone. They might want to work at home because they have that flexibility, because they can cook in the middle of the day or they can put on a load of washing, they can hang out their clothes to dry. All of these things that you get when you work from home, but actually when it comes to productivity and actually getting the work done, they find it a real struggle. They're, they don't feel motivated. They don't feel like, you know, they, they just need to be around people in order to feel like they're they're kind of getting things done. And then, like you say, you'll have these other people who who are quite happy and, and can get loads done. And it does. It's so important to bring it back to what works on an individual basis. And beyond that, it's it's enabling and empowering managers to have those conversations, which might be sometimes difficult saying, actually, I think you'd be better being in the office, you know, or let's have a discussion about that or what are you finding challenging or how can we find that flexibility that works for you? But also getting, kind of, you know, being able to to facilitate those conversations, but, but also be able to manage from an outcome perspective and, under, you know, translate the vision of, of what the organisation is trying to achieve, but really supporting managers to be able to, to actually do that and to carry out their job as, you know, their key role being to develop people and to, to get the best out of their team. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, the part- and, and not have Neve over there saying, oh, well, you know, why does he forget to work from home? And why don't I get to work from home? But being able to manage those kind of conversations where actually we're trying to do stuff that works for each individual. And it's it's about fairness, but in the fairest po- possible way from an individual perspective, as opposed to crying like, oh, well, you know, she's getting better perks than I am. Yeah, no, I think I think it's 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 a it's a tricky one, but for me, it's it's having a personalized approach, but with a collective objective. Yeah, yeah, love that. Yeah. So, um, the the business objective, ha- you know, it has to be front and center. It has to work yeah. business, but 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 being able to to facilitate individuals beneath you know beneath that kind of collective objective is is really important but ultimately there's still you know there's there's still an objective there and 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 one that that you know you can't you can't give everybody what everybody wants but it's about working with people to 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 see and um, you know to, to give them as much as you can but still work within the, the the realms of what the business needs this is it this is it so we've covered a few different kind of aspects of the future of work, that being the pain point for managers that we've just discussed. We talked about outcome based um, ways of working and understanding what those objectives, KPIs, OKRs are um, and the flexibility. Is there anything else that kind of springs to mind that that organisations need to be aware of when it comes to 
attracting, retaining, developing talent, especially in light of the great resignation hasn't necessarily happened yet, but it's it's certain to, to kind of come down the line. Yeah, so something that I've I've been kind of researching and working on recently actually is, is looking at alternative talent pools. Um, and I think we're, you know, it's funny when you start thinking about thinking about something and you think, oh, this is, you know, I knew, you know, I knew people were looking at this previously, but all of a sudden actually it's become a massive topic. So I think it's, I think it's, you know, people are looking at it because there is a, a war for talent um, and, and then it's going, okay, well, where is their talent actually that we can access and, mm. and, and, and bring into businesses that maybe we haven't looked at before. So um, returners, um, I think is a, is a huge area. Um, I think that there's large cohorts of really strong, experienced professionals who have left the workforce for varying reasons. You know, um, there's a large cohort because of family commitments. I know I have a group of friends who, you know, left work, re- you know, really strong, qualified, you know, got to a certain level and then just, you know, the, the kids took over and, and, and they took time out. And, um, and I think actually this flexible piece just ties in really nicely with mm bringing those and um, those experienced people back in back into the workforce and um, so it's something that I'm seeing a lot of our you know clients looking at it's something we're looking at in, internally in, in BDO is um, again how can we um, attract those people and um, how can we support them because they're going to have you know they're, they're going to have different um, requirements coming into a business different training requirements actually confidence is is a real is a, yeah. you know really basic but front and center in terms of i feel there's a real mismatch so i'm speaking to a lot of people who have taken um, career breaks and and you know and and then i speak to a, a lot of clients who are screaming for for people and mm. and the people who've taken career breaks are like usher oh, sure, who would look at me you know and yeah you know i no nobody nobody you know would, would look at me and and, and should they, i wouldn't be able to have any sort of flexible working because they're coming from that kind of, I guess, um, time time zone, or uh, you know, uh, where where previously that wasn't on offer, and and maybe they they're not now aware of the real shift that we've seen in the last few years of. You know, one companies are 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 really looking, you know, screaming for staff. To be honest, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and 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 also they've implemented a range of, of flexible working. So the everything that that the um, the employees are looking for is there, but they're we're, we're not the message isn't um, isn't coming across in both ways. You know, there's, yeah. there's a miss. There's definitely a miss a miscommunication there. So I think there's a huge amount that can be done in in that space. Um, in terms of you know who who else rather than always fishing in the same ponds, you know, where else should we be looking um, in terms of experience? And, and when you look at an output approach, like maturity really kicks into play there. Yeah, People who are yeah. who, you know, mm. are self-motivated, who have life experience, um, you know, have that inherent motivation of coming in, doing a really good job. Um, it, it just seems like a very easy answer to something that we, we should all be looking at. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah, like it seems kind of so obvious when you say it, but there is this issue and I've seen it myself and I talk an awful lot about imposter syndrome. And that's, you know, if you've been out of the workplace for any amount of time and interestingly, at the time I didn't think about it. I didn't associate this with it, but I left a job in Sydney around June and a year later in October, I took up a new role in Dublin and I, in the interim, I was traveling, but I was out of the workplace for a considerable amount of time. Uh, no, uh, absolute no um, uh 
allowances, discounts or anything were given to me, no training on how to get back into work. And at the time, I wouldn't have even dreamed of asking. I didn't even think about it. Um, I knew the experience I had. I knew the skills I had to bring to the role, which was great, not a problem for me. But for those people who've been out of the workplace for, you know, five, six, seven, eight years and they're coming back and they think I don't have anything to offer, I'm going to have to start at the bottom. Um, and for those organisations who are looking to find new talent pools, and I know there are specific organisations who support that kind of matching, let's say, of people who want to return to the workforce um, for whatever reason, uh, or even people returning to Ireland and, and, you know, maybe they feel like their experience is a little bit different. I mean, I felt like I had this wonderful global experience um, returning to Ireland. So that was kind of, that was great from that perspective. But this idea of building up people's confidence so that they know that they have the skills, but not only the skills from their previous working. And and I, I know a friend of mine, Karen, in um, in uh, Canada, she has a podcast as well called um, Job Sharing and Beyond. And she talks about job sharing, but but she's a big advocate for flexibility at work and and this kind of skills that people have in caring roles. Uh, I think is how she describes it. So if you're caring for someone at home, be they children, be they people, um, you know, parents, be they elderly relatives, that kind of thing. But the kind of skills that are required in order to do that, you're building on your skills. And and LinkedIn, I know it hasn't happened on, on my LinkedIn profile just yet, but they have introduced a new feature where you can add those types of things like travel, like uh, a bereavement break, like... Um, caring, you know, I, I took extended um, leave because I was caring for children. You know, they've added those types of things. So LinkedIn are recognising this as an important transition period or, you know, that you don't just fall out of work and your skills are all gone. It's like you're using and building new skills in this other role that you have. Yeah, no, I think it's a huge step forward by LinkedIn. And I saw it, I was like, that's amazing because it just validates that time out. And, and this yeah such a variety of reasons people take time out um, you know and and but but it is it, it's the coming back and it's that little bit of fear of you know will I will I be okay and and for me I'm I'm all about just demystifying the, mm. the workforce it's like yeah. people want you you know they want to help you they want to support you they want to train you um so so just take the step um I'm I'm doing a I'm just coming towards the end of a life coaching uh course at the moment a, a diploma in life coaching and it's in a massive personal journey, which has been brilliant, but it's given me, I feel, a lot of those additional kind of skills of, of being able to to bring out potential in, in people. You know, you yeah. start thinking in, in that in that way. Um, so genuinely, if any of your listeners, it's become just such a passion of mine that I just feel like I'm like, come out, you know, come come and talk to me if if it's something mm. you're thinking about doing. I am more than happy to to. Uh, to offer, you know, pro bono, free advice. It's it's less about coaching, but more about this is the jobs market. This is what the jobs market looks like at the moment. I am front and centre. I know what it is. Yeah. Actually, these are the skills you have. So, you know, one little bit of a confidence boosting piece um, and, and analysing skills and, and looking at that, but also just demystifying what, what applying for a job, what going for an interview, what putting together your CV, what companies want. And, and not thinking they won't want me because... Honestly, 
they would yeah. that's that's brilliant and that's kind of that's one side and then the the other side then is the organizations and being open to um you described as the um alternative talent pools love that phrase so being open to that but then providing the supports to help them transition back into the workplace because maybe they're out of the routine maybe they're not used to working towards outcomes um you know that they're they're like oh well you know it's five o'clock i'm gonna knock off now rather than saying well i finished my work at four so it's okay if i finish up for the day today you know that kind of thing as well yeah, and, and it's the simple things when I'm talking to people, they're like, oh, you know, I've, I've never worked on Teams. So, you know, that would... Oh, like, yeah, yeah, the technology. I forget yeah. how to turn on my laptop yeah. when I... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, it was yeah. like, well, on the 10th of March 2020, I didn't know how to work on Teams either, but by the 11th, I did, you know. It's yes, not, exactly. It, yeah, you know, yeah. demystifying it, it yeah. you know. It, I think people put up these barriers as to why they can't... The excuses, yeah. These are the... This is the excuse. This is how, you know, and calling it out, that's how people get in their own way, you know. Yeah, you need to step out of your own way and, and, and just go for it. Is there anything else that organisations need to be aware of then in in relation to searching out talent in these alternative talent talent pools um, I think you, you touched on it there. It's not just about finding these people and and then you know dropping them in, in yeah, yeah. <laughs> into the existing workforce. I think um, it's a bit like a grad program. You know, there's yeah. certain requirements that are needed by companies for their grad programs, and and this needs a similar mindset. What supports are needed? You know, what training is needed? And um, mentors and all you know all of those sort of things. And um, having a peer group. Um, you know, be, be having sponsors within the business business and not being afraid to ask the silly questions you know all of that um, will will give companies success in this space but it will also just ease that transition for for people who are are coming back in so it's such a win-win but it Mm. does it it, you know you can't just say oh yeah no let's hire you know returners and and then bring them in on day one and they're they're treated like you know like any other new hire uh, experienced hire it's it's like it's an in-between they're an experienced hire they're not a grad but actually that you know they're going to need um you know to, to be treated differently than, than either of those cohorts so um putting the right structures and supports and again it's something we're we're starting to work with on client with clients because there's there's no one size fits all it will depend on your current culture it will depend on your current onboarding your current training programs um, and 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 also the skill set that you're looking for so when bdo we look for accountants, you know, we look for qualified mm-hmm. accountants. So th- that skill set will always be there. They won't lose that. But what, what other skills are, are needed um, in terms of, of upskilling and, um, and and just refreshing? And um, so, you know, we work with clients to, to help them build that out and, and figure out a returner program that will work for them. And yeah. um, not, you know, as I said, it, unfortunately, with all these things, there's no one size fits all the same as future work. If there was yeah, one yeah. work for everybody, you know, we'd all, um, there's loads of books out there that, you know, but it is about um, the companies making work for, for, for them. Yes, absolutely. Um, now, Neve, we're just coming up towards the end of the podcast. And the question I ask everyone who comes on to join me is what makes you happier at work? Um, so as I said, the, the life coaching course has me completely in this headspace. I think about it every day. Uh, yeah. so it's a great, it's a great time. And um, so for me, what makes me happy at work is feeling um, that I am surrounded by people who inspire me and uh, by people who support me, who challenge me and um, 
and also who like you know it's it's funny and we talk about this a lot in, in BDO I just love that la- I just love to laugh yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. So much have fun. the crack as we say in Ireland which translates to something other type of things <laughs> yeah, in yeah. Uh, if you go outside of Ireland but it just means having fun basically yeah, yeah. and it's why I love this but I, you know I love the I love the title of this podcast and I think you know we can all be quite serious about our career and yeah. actually you can still be at a very you know at a very senior level um, and still say it's really important that I'm having that I'm having fun and that I'm enjoying myself yeah and, yeah yeah um, so yeah in the last three years I, I, I've said this frequently I have never laughed as much it's not what I expected coming into a professional services firm yeah, but, yeah. Um, it's so important and uh, and it's why I, I wake up every day and love my job is when I love the work that I'm doing but also I just it, yeah, I'm, I'm having fun like it, 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 it sounds juvenile but genuinely we have we have really good fun together and um, that's what it's all about I think yeah like for me it is it's really important to have fun at what you're yeah. doing yeah yeah, yeah. It's Absolutely. such a basic it's such a basic one but um yeah for me it's it's front and center and uh yeah I'm not gonna yeah give any of the 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 reasons why we laugh because most of them are completely inappropriate but uh there's lots of laughter <laughs> and lots of laughter but yeah for a different podcast need for a different yes podcast. yeah 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 <laughs> no lots lots of laughter I'm finding people that like-minded people that share collective purpose. We yeah. all want to be, you know, we all want to succeed. We all want to do the right thing by our clients, by ourselves, by our teammates. Um, but we do it with a lot of fun along the way. And, and yeah, so for me, I just, this role that I'm in at the moment, it's um, it ticks every box. You know, I have all of those things. Um, it's, it's where I get gushy, but uh, yeah, absolutely loving it. And, yeah. and if I hadn't, as I said, back to where we started, if I hadn't made that change three years ago, I, you know, I, I can't even think of where where I'd be right now. You know, well, the other thing I would say to people is, you know, don't be afraid of the change because, yeah, the, you know, if if you don't if you don't take the step and and try something new, you you don't know what and um, what opportunities are out there. So yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely pay the off. three years is going to pass anyway, and either you'll be in the same position and miserable if you are miserable, uh, or just kind of a bit meh, like. Yeah. Yeah, this isn't doing it for me, yeah. uh, which is probably nearly worse yeah. versus if you make the change and in three years time, then you're the happiest you've ever been. So, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. The meh. it's so easy to, to it's so easy to stay in the mare. And, yeah. um, and and yeah, it's 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 definitely worth stepping out of that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's and on that note, <laughs> if people want to connect with you, if they want to find out more about what BDO does, um, feel free to to kind of give a shout out to to anything that you want to share, really. Yeah. Well, LinkedIn is is probably where I spend a lot of my time. Um, so, uh, yep, I would, would uh, be happy to, to have anybody connect with me on on LinkedIn. Um, and, and if there's queries in terms of any of those, so I've covered a lot there, recruitment, future work, returner programs, there's, there's a lot in there, but anything in the talent space, um, as you probably noticed, I'm happy to talk about it. So um, if any of your listeners want to hear more, um, I'd be delighted to chat to them. So Neve O'Brien, BDO Talent Management, you'll find me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm on Instagram, um, but it's it's all pictures of my children. So <laughs> I'm not sure people get much from that. Um, and Twitter, I'm just a voyeur. So yeah, I'm there, but but uh, not not active. Yeah. Brilliant. Thank you so much for the conversation, Geneve. I Today, I um, really, really enjoyed that. And we did. We covered a lot of ground, um, but lots of really important stuff, I think, that organisations need to be aware of. Great. No, it's been a pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Thank you so much again for having me. I really enjoyed it. 
that was Neve O'Brien from BDO. I really hope you enjoyed today's conversation. I absolutely loved chatting with Neve, all things future of work and what's actually going on out there at the moment. If you would like to continue the conversation, do feel free to reach out to me directly. So you can get me on Aoife at happieratwork.ie. That's A-O-I-F-E at happieratwork.ie. As I mentioned earlier, join in on the conversation on social media, happieratwork.ie on Instagram or join me over on LinkedIn where I normally have a weekly live session with that week's guest as well to answer any questions, to talk about some of the key points that were raised during the podcast episode. So if you want to connect with me on LinkedIn, you'll find me on Aoife O'Brien. That's A-O-I-F-E-O apostrophe B-R-I-E-N. So in wrapping up the conversation with Neve, we started out by talking about the war for talent and why it's actually happening at the moment. And in the context of, and I'm sure you've heard all about this, the great resignation and what's going on there. So from Neve's perspective, what she shared about what's going on with the war for talent is this pent up demand that exists because a lot of people held back on hiring because of COVID and have found it difficult to onboard and also tied in with that again with the pandemic, the, the level of business uncertainty that, that existed. So now there's a huge amount of demand as things are starting to open up again. And that's leading towards this war for talent. The other thing contributing is the anticipation of the great resignation. So what Neve is seeing in Ireland specifically is not that there's a massive amount of people resigning from their roles, but there's the anticipation that that's actually going to happen. The mass exodus hasn't happened yet, but it is likely to come. And if anyone has any research on this, in relation to the great resignation or the impact of the pandemic on specific demographics in Ireland in particular, I would love to hear from you. I am not aware of any research that exists at the moment, but if it doesn't exist in Ireland, I am absolutely 100% happy to carry out that research myself and make those results publicly available. Now, the third element contributing to this war for talent is that people stayed because work was actually comfortable. They had this, you know, the level of flexibility, you know, they were comfortable, they were happy enough to stay. But I think you might agree with this, that people, the pandemic has given people this opportunity to really reflect and think about what they want from life. And now we're kind of coming towards the other side. We're two years into it. So we're kind of starting to come out the other side of it. And people are considering, well, what do they actually want from life? And maybe deciding that that the career that they have is not for them. Now, Neve particularly mentioned the idea of newly qualified accountants and other types of professions that she was specifically referring to. Now, we talked about the future of work and the importance of attracting and retaining staff and making sure that as an employer, that you are the employer of choice. We talked about the importance of flexible working in relation to it being the future of work. And it's a flexible that works for the business. And it's important to look at, well, what's actually, what what has worked during the pandemic? What didn't work so well? And what is the new expectation that we are setting out for our employees. And, 
you know, you might hear this a lot. I, I hear various different scenarios where people are almost being forced back in to the office, even though they don't necessarily need to be there. But really, it's about finding that balance. It's about finding what works for a specific organisation, listening to your employees about what they want. Because if you don't give people a choice when they've proven that they can actually work effectively from home, it's going to lead to demotivation and they're going to end up leaving. So Neve described it as flexibility as a given. So that's kind of a given. But you do need to have that policy in place. You're not going to please everyone. Another area of the future of work that we spoke about is this idea of it being outcome based. And I've spoken about this a lot on the podcast. We talked about changing up job specs so that they're more outcome based and not just a list of tasks. We spoke about performance management, presenteeism. And what are the things that actually need to change in terms of how you run the business to be more outcome based, how you decide who will be promoted based on the outcomes that they have achieved? We spoke also about the impact on managers and managing in this new environment where it's remote or it's flexible, or it's hybrid, or it's outcome-based, that this is a completely new management style for a lot of people. And a real focus on the individual to build that level of engagement and commitment to the organisation. I loved how Neve described it as a personalised approach with a collective objective. We also spoke about, and this is something I haven't necessarily talked about on the podcast previously, the idea of alternative talent pools, or at least I haven't referred to it in that way. We spoke about more mature people who are leaving the workforce and also the opportunity to tap into returners. So people who haven't been in the workforce for a while, there will be specific challenges around that, but it's about providing support to that talent pool to bring them back in. We touched on the idea of confidence. And if you're out of that talent pool or sorry, talent pool is probably a little bit of a jargon, but if you're out of the workforce or if you're out of working life or out of a job for a long time that it might it might have really knocked your confidence and this is where the idea of imposter syndrome comes in now I talk about that an awful lot if you would like to know more about imposter syndrome or how I can help your organization with imposter syndrome identifying it managing it overcoming it do feel free to reach out to me and it's really about putting in supports in place to really bring out the best of your people. And Neve equated it to it like being a graduate program. So when you hire people out of university and you put them through essentially a program to really bring them up to speed. And I know it's maybe not equivalent, but I was out of the workplace. I was traveling, you know, I wasn't off having a baby. I wasn't out for a few years, but I was traveling. And there were periods of time when I was out of the workforce for a year and a half. And it was a difficult transition. And I don't think I even gave myself credit for how difficult it was of a transition. And certainly my organization or both organizations at the time didn't uh, didn't acknowledge it in any way, didn't put any any sort of supports for that transition. The final thought then I want to leave you with is this idea of purpose and having a sense of collective purpose for the organisation and the importance of that. And if you don't have that, it's about reflecting on what, why are we here? What is it that we're doing here? That is it for another episode of the Happier at Work podcast. As we are approaching episode number 100, I'm going to have a few special episodes coming up in the coming weeks. So do listen out for those. And I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. 
That was another episode of the Happier at Work podcast. I am so glad you tuned in today. If you enjoyed today's podcast, I would love to get your thoughts. Head on over to social media to get involved in the conversation. If you enjoy the podcast, I would love if you could rate, review it or share it with a friend. If you want to know more about what I do or how I could help your business, head on over to happieratwork.ie. 